This week's guest may have the biggest kahunas in the entire fishing industry. I mean, he had the kahunas to invent a hat that said on him. He had the kahunas to walk into the Bassmaster Classic wearing a fur coat and a top hat at his very first Bassmaster Classic, just like I had the kahunas to do this podcast with a really weird cut on my nose that every once in a while is going to look like a booger. So uh, it's going to be a good one. This week, we got the one and only, a man more slick than an ugly stick, Matt Robertson on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Another week and another podcast. Welcome back to the 21st edition of the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that is called, by my last name, Mercer. If this podcast was a human being, it could now legally drink in the United States of America. But don't worry, because we're based in Canada, so since uh, for the last two years, this podcast has been getting hammered, pretty much. Um, Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, as I say, every single week. What else is happening here today? Well, today is National Burnt Ends Day. It is also National Chicken Boy Day, which I looked up. It's a 22-foot statue in California known as the California Statue of Liberty, the Chicken Boy statue. It's got National Day. But it's also National Acne Positivity Day. It's, It's just as it. Don't throw a fit. There you go. You can have that for nothing. And it is National No Rhyme Nor Reason Day. And I'm not making this up. It says it right there. It is National No Rhyme Nor Reason Day. Which, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason ever on this show, but I thank you guys for tuning in week after week. Uh, a lot of great feedback from last week's show. Thank you for that. Keep it coming. I love uh, interacting with you guys, and uh, good or bad. There was uh, feedback all over the board from last week's show, and uh, I appreciate all of the passion. And I also appreciate all the well wishes for my back and uh, all the home remedies and things to fix it. And um, it's not better, but it, it, I'm working on it. So I will squirm and squish my way through this podcast. But this one's going to be an easy one because uh, from the very first moment I saw this dude, I was like, we need him on the Elite Series um, because he is just a character. And don't take that character and that fun that he possesses and, and don't think he's a serious angler because, man, this guy's already won an open Qualified for the elites, you know, qualified for two classics already. He made it through the Toyota owner's division the first time, which is a really tough, tough route to make it through to the Bassmaster Classic. But then just a few years later, makes it again through a win at the Opens and then makes it to the Elite Series. And I think he's going to be a big part of the sport for a long, long time. He is the man who is perpetually on him. He's a man more slick than an ugly stick. Let's bring him in right now. The one and only Matt Robertson. Matt Robertson, always an adventure every single time I see you. You bring happiness into my life, and I have missed you. Yeah, I've missed you too, buddy. I've uh, been out working all day for all the ladies on here. Whoa. The pheromones are working right now, the natural pheromones for all the ladies, whoever's into that. And uh, whenever the MC calls, you got to stop what you're doing <laughs> and uh, come talk to him. Yeah, and I mean, the the ladies have wondered what you've been up to. What exactly are you doing for work right now? What, what Were you fishing today, or what, what kind of work are we talking about? No, nah, man, uh, 
you know that uh, driveway we uh, paid for back at Gunnersville? We're getting it ready. Like, the concrete. Up and Wendell Barrett. And my, yeah, the concrete driveway. Foreman are up, and uh, we're going to start pouring it next week. I got some pressure washing to do this weekend, but yeah. A lot has Back changed for you. you. You've left the trailer park. I mean, I did. Do you think that'll change you as a person now that you're out of the park? Because, I mean, a lot you, you represented the park. That was a lot of your. I mean, I haven't seen anybody represent the park more than outside of Ricky and Julian. You represented the park strong. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I was proud to be part of the trailer park, but, you know, uh, truth be told, some new owners bought it, and uh, I really don't like them. I kind of give them the big, uh, big fuck you and hello, you know, <laughs> aloha, see you later. And uh, so, yeah, you know, don't always see eye to eye with people, so you got you to gotta do what you need to do. I hear you. I hear you. So, so you're, you're, are you still in the trailer? Did the trailer move with you? What, what's the sound? Oh, baby. I'm still in my casa. It's, uh, I'm still in the trailer. Uh, got a couple new pieces of furniture. Had to go to big lots. I got two, got a love seat in the couch for 1200 bucks for anybody's who's wondering. That's about the best deal I can find. It's actually pretty nice. I actually recline. And, uh, is that what you're sitting on right there? Yeah, buddy. Wow. It does it look rocks, nice. Rocks and reclines, man. I'm moving up. Is it pleather? Yeah, like, let's see here. Yeah, look at that. Oh, Don't boy. Wow. Stuff, but I've been working. I look, there's, there's the couch. And there's the uh, drywall. I'm having to fix some stuff in the house where the... Uh, or they twisted the trailer a little bit while they was moving it. But yeah, we're getting we're getting moved back in and everything. So it's going good. My wife would die if she knew I showed you around that little bit. Cause it's wow. a it's uh you know the process of moving. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm sure she's no different than anybody else. She doesn't watch this, so she won't see it. So it'll be fine. Um yeah. Dude, you are one of the most remarkable guys around. And, and you're probably the only person that I've ever, you know, you, people talk about, like, when I saw somebody, I was like, I'm going to marry that that girl. People have tell yeah. that story. Do you want to marry me, Dave? No, no, I do not want to marry you. I, I want to live in sin with you. <laughs> um, when I saw you walk into that first classic, and I've told you this before, like I was standing with Swindle and Skeet Reese, and, and what two dudes to be standing with when you walked in, dudded out in the fur and everything. And I was like, we need him on the Elite Series. But man, take, let's go back to that moment because it's it's everybody's talked about it, but I've never really asked you, what did it feel yeah. like? Was that nerve-wracking to walk into that room dressed like that, or is that just, screw it? No, uh, I knew I was looking fine as hell and uh, looking as good as somebody could look, you know. And I just, you know, I knew there were going to be some people that kind of, you know, was like, didn't like it that much. But, dude, it was, I enjoy having a good time dressing up. Like, I do. I like looking nice. I don't get that uh, opportunity very very much. Like, twice, and I went to my went to prom. I got to dress up then, nothing like that. I got to go to my wedding and then the classic. So, yeah, man, I went all out on the classic and, uh, yeah, pulled out the Siberian mountain goat fur and uh, looking good. Siberian? Blast. 
Siberian mountain goat. Is that a real thing? That was that, that's a real fur coat, dude. Actually, all jokes aside, I got that thing off eBay, and it <laughs> it took like four weeks to get here. Listen, I'm telling you, I can sell that thing for five thousand dollars in the United States. People's gonna start flipping fur coats because it's the baddest fur coat I've ever seen. Ordered it off eBay, Siberian mountain goat, shipped from Germany. So you know that thing was killed on the, you know, probably, you know, right across the Russian border. If anybody's like me, they're going to go over and hunt it illegally, pull one over the border, make a fur coat and sell it to some dude like me over here. So that that's how the fur coat comes to be. It's it's kind of the Wagyu beef I know, fur coats. I not what to say, but it's for real. <laughs> Speaking of for real, there's people out there that think you're not for real. That, that think oh. this is a character, but this is not a character. This is you, right? Yeah, dude. Like, uh, anybody doesn't think it's real, I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll charge it kind of like an uh, amusement park, and you can come live with me for a week for about, let's do about four grand. You can four come. Grand? If, if you're going to come invade my living space, uh, you can go work with me. You can fish with me. Yeah, drop, drop about four Gs. Come out here. Got extra spare bedroom, and uh, yeah, you can live the life, buddy. I mean, and you I, need to, you need to charge a good buck for that because you don't know what you're going to end up with. No, nah, dude, I'll get some clown out here. You know, like if I said five hundred bucks, I'd I'd start having like they knock on the door right now, especially the ladies. You know. I mean, I get a bunch of, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I get a bunch of good looking women coming over here wanting to stay, you know. I got to explain to the wife, you know, time's worth the money. <laughs> How does she yeah, deal my, with that? Um, so, dude, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you a story I haven't, I haven't told nobody. And she's going to get really mad at telling me this story. Perfect. Uh, I'm mad at me for telling me, telling this. Like, she's liable to come out of the background at the Perfect. first class, oh, she's looking. I'm telling about the girl, okay? So don't get mad. So at the first classic, I came out, or, or you know, at the after party, I can announce the after party and we're all yeah. at the hotel in good time. Yeah. Well, I'm down there mm -hmm. and there's this girl and, and she comes over once to take a picture with me. Okay, looking girl, you know decent and uh she takes a picture with me hanging all over me comes back about 15 minutes later can i get another picture and my wife's like you already had a, you know you already got one but she's i want another one it's like okay you know she's all hanging on me of course she'd been drinking a little you know that might have made me look a little better but regardless she my wife takes the picture and she looks my wife dead in the eyes and then turns and kisses me right in front of her, like lays it on me. And I'm like, I thought my wife was going to kill her. Okay. And dude, I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, uh, she did good. She held her calm and she, she didn't do nothing, let it go. And yeah. I mean, I could like I never had nothing like that happen before, and 
surprised as good looking as I am. I hadn't happened before, but regardless, <laughs> it was, yeah, she took it like a champ. You, she must be used to it now. I mean, now that you're on the elite series and multiple oh, yeah. classic qualifier. She is. She, she, <laughs> she handles it all gracefully. <laughs> what? When you say it hasn't always been like this for you, tell me what, like, do, do people see when they see the mania around you? And it really is building. I mean, it's amazing. It's hard to believe that you've been on the Elite Series for as short a time as you've been on the Elite Series. It really feels like you've been here longer. And I think that's a compliment to you and your branding and everything you do. But, but do people in high school, what was high school, Matt, like? Do they look at you and be like, wow, I, I, are they like, I can't believe that's him? Or, are they no, like they they uh they know I've been like this since uh for a long time. I was always outgoing. Me and my buddies, you know, always doing the big school pranks, let you know, chickens, ducks, and everything else going to school for the high school prank and stuff like that. No, man, it, we've been this way since I will say when I, I was a little shy whenever I was real young, but high school on, I was good to go, man. You know. Yeah. Once, once you hit puberty, you got that testosterone running through your veins and look out. Yeah, I wish I could hit puberty a second time, to be honest with you. <laughs> what would you do different? Uh, I might grow a little more, Dave. I, I don't know, buddy. That's, isn't that what puberty does to you? Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. What was the greatest high school prank ever? Oh man! I mean, you you need to get it out there. Your fame is rising by the second, and and if you don't get it out there, somebody else is going to control the narrative. It's going to come out. I mean, so you, let's just let's exercise the demons right here. Man, I don't know if I'd really call it a high school prank, but me and my buddies in high school, like it's going to be hard to believe. So, my buddy Jordan had this so uh, like white Cavalier looking car, like the older square body Cavalier. And we, oh, took yeah. some, uh, and we took some gutters and made a spoiler out of it. You know, it was whenever Fast and the Furious come out, we had like a three-foot <laughs> spoiler coming off the back of it. And, dude, I swear to God, we would play bumper cars. Like, we, we'd get out of trade school. We'd, t we'd take trade school last half of the day. And, and, buddy, I ain't kidding you. Like, me and Woody was sitting there, and here – Come Jordan, 30 miles an hour, plowed into the back and knocked us 30 feet out into the road, bud. Like, we would play legit bumper cars with real cars. And like, he was adolescent as heck. Um, heck, man, one time got pulled over going down WK, pulling an 18-foot riverboat with my four-wheeler and uh, wanted to go fishing at this hole, this, this uh, hole about 30 minutes from the house. And, uh, Took this old rails to trails. This blacktop trail used to be a um, used to be a railroad. Went down it, hit the old haul roads where they hauled coal. Went through a nice little piece of National Guard, didn't get caught, and uh, hopped on WK and uh, headed on up. Got pulled over about 15 miles down WK. Doing about, I was only doing 45. That's as fast as that thing would go. And he's like, "What in the heck are you boys doing?" And like, man, we're going fishing up here. Uh, you know, it, we didn't have no other way to get here. And uh, he's like, well, you boys better get it. I said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to go up the road. We go about 10 minutes. So he said, you better be gone whenever I can get back. All right, buddy. We will be gone. 
And he lets you go. Yeah. Speaking of infractions, let's get something clean here because there's, I mean, I've not been able to answer this question because it's not my question to answer, but, but one of the things from the classic that a lot of people got excited about was uh, the day one Jersey or lack thereof, the the gun show, which as you aptly said, it was, who was it for? The ladies. Exactly. So uh, they thank you for that, but, but the guns went away. What 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 happened? Oh, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't wear the jersey because I didn't want to get fined. <laughs> that's just. Uh, I mean, and that's the truth. Um, yeah, I was gonna get fined if I wore the jersey, and uh, is what it is. So, uh, but I got to tell you, Bass is really cool about it, and. Uh, we're working on working together. Maybe the maybe the old cutoff makes a comeback permanently. We'll see. So so the violation though was not it, the said jersey. It's it's not that there's cutoffs. You just didn't have the jersey approved. Is that what it was? Yeah. To me, listen, man, it was a gray area. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> it was it was I mean, yeah, on the technicality, I did it wasn't the jersey and uh like they they liked the jersey, but I didn't get it approved. Is what it was. So, and truth be told, let's be real. Hey, 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 guys, will you approve this? No, <laughs> not happening. I mean, it's all the way you spin it, though. You can tell people, oh man, yeah. so incredibly good looking. They make rules about the clothing he can wear. Hey, thanks so if they want that. Everybody loved it. They did. They. Everybody loved it. So you, one of the things that you're part of a pro team, you know, and, I, and what I speak of is pure fishing. And, and it's probably, if you look at teams that have grown over the last five years, there's not a team out there. I don't think that is growing more to involve more people, but do you set yourself aside from the start? The whole ugly stick thing, was that you or was that pure fishing? Uh, it was a combination, man. Um, you know, I went to him and and I went to South Carolina and sat down and talked to him and and dude it was it all just kind of it was a meeting of the minds and it all just came to fruition that I told him you know I was honest with him like listen guys I don't use these high dollar rods and reels and you know I t- I had two or three ugly sticks I used. And I had two or three uh, Shakespeare excursions, which is an $18 rod at Walmart also. <laughs> and like I was, I, I qualified for the late series using these, you know, cheaper rods, like an $18 rod. I had some ugly sticks and dude, I, I just told him, I said, listen, man, this is what I want to do. And I, and, and they, they, they was like, let's do it. You know, it's like, it's, that's perfect, you know, because it is who I am. I'm the working guy, and I, I don't really, I didn't really want to change any aspect of what I was already using, you know. You are really a throwback. I mean, at, at a time where you you truly have thrown things, you throw mono more than any pro I know uh, in the elites as well. I mean, I know a lot of pros that don't even own mono anymore, and you you hardly own fluorocarbon. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I'm a big mono guy. I will say 
spider got me throwing a little bit of floral, and he likes razzing me about it. But that being said, 80% mono. And uh, the other, chop it up between braid and floral for the other 20%. And uh, yeah, dude, throw that uh, trialing big game. And like, I, st- I still like throwing some clear blue fluorescent line. Like I've night fished some, and then I'll just, hey, you watch. I'm pulling the clear blue out in the lead series this year, and it's going to happen. <laughs> it's got the clear blue line is coming. Um, I can't wait to see it. I, I eagerly anticipate that moment. You mentioned Seth Fighter. Um, I'll say I haven't seen very many rookies or people coming to the Elite Series that settled in as quickly um, not just not just fishing wise, but also like just settled in with a group of guys. You know, was accepted by everybody, and I know that whole group over there, fighter, and everybody was a big part of that. T- tell me about yeah. that relationship and and how that helped you. I would imagine. Yeah, Dave. Like uh, I've always been kind of a loner. Like as far as you know, tournament fishing, I didn't. Well, uh, like locally, I wouldn't fish with anybody. But uh, but my two fishing partners, Wendell or Billy or, or Wendell's dad. And that, that was it. Like you, unless it was a draw tournament, you ain't getting in my boat ever. And, uh, traveled with some guys on the opens last year and, and had good relationships with them too. And then, uh, I kind of met Seth a couple years ago and yeah, they, them boys, they just, uh, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, they just took me in, and I appreciate the hell out of it. And I hit it off with everybody. I still – I'm still Gussie. Like, I'll say some stuff, and I see Gussie kind of giggle over there. Like, <laughs> I still think Gussie doesn't know what to think of me sometimes. But – uh, and Grow loved the hell out of Grow. So, uh, they, you know, they did. They they, uh, they took me in like, uh, like an orphan. And, dude, honestly, like – I don't know you, anything can go down, but whenever going into the Northern swing and even yeah. throughout the year, dude, like I, it was, those guys helped me a lot. And, uh, they gave me a crash course in smallmouth fishing and, uh, fighter gave me a crash course in the smallie fishing. And then, you know, I got tidbits from the other guys, Gussie and the Johnsons and, and grow. And yeah, dude, like it was, uh, it really helped the learning curve on going to the dish or whatnot. Well, do the Johnsons ever tell you the truth? Like the, any of the tidbits or were any of those true or are those always lies? Like, I got to tell you, like, you would think they'd probably be lies, but they is actually straight up with me all year. And uh, I might be the only guy who – Rolled up on Corey Johnson that he didn't just get mad enough to beat the crap out of him on. <laughs> and uh, I asked him if I could fish there with him, you know, before. And, and I guess he told me to give him an hour. And I, but I thought he told me to come on in. So I just <laughs> went ahead and come on in. And then I caught a four and a three. But it didn't matter. It was on the St. Lawrence River. And, you know. I caught a four and a three, and then I kind of felt bad because it was the second day after I did real bad. And I was like, God dang, he could have used them. And then he weighs in 20-something pounds. He didn't need them anyways, you know. 
So it's all good. I love them boys. Yeah, it's a it's a great crew, and uh, you're a great addition to that crew. Um, what 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 was the one thing you know when you look back at the season? What where would you rate your season for yourself? I mean, I'm sure you just like anybody at the end of the year look back and look at what you got to work on or what you don't have to work on or what, what, so where's where's critique your season for me? Um, everybody says I had a really good season, but I disagree. I think I had a a very mediocre season. I had some really bad finishes. Like I do good. But then I'd ha- I had a couple, like, 80th place finishes, man, and that's not um, – that's not – like, I, the opportunities were there. I can think back and think of four fish that would have, you know, jumped me up in the points. Heck, I'd have been, you know, maybe top 20 in points for the year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I really did much wrong or you just lose fish, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, just had some bad days and whatnot. Uh, much room for improvement. So, what was the thing that that you? I mean, I imagine when you get into something like what you got into, uh, you have a you imagine it one way in your head. What, what was it? Pretty much everything you imagined, or was it was it a little different than you imagined? Yeah, you know, it was. It was everything I'd, I'd imagine. Like, I got to tell you, like, I think one thing that separates uh, me from a lot of people that do this is, and this is going to, like, this is going to sound horrible, but I didn't, like, watch Bassmasters a lot whenever I was younger. Like, I was fishing really? and whatnot. But I wasn't watching episode after episode after episode of Bassmasters. I mean, me and Fighter be driving down the road, and, and we'll, we'll all be talking about, you know, or like him and Pat will be talking about some episode at the Sabine River and Alton Jones and uh, Dean Rojas getting in, but I don't even know what they're talking about. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so I wasn't like – I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of bass, but I didn't – I didn't – I know who all the guys were, but I didn't – glorified as much as other other people do you know yeah so i kind of kept it in this little area here and i tried not to glorify it as much i just took it i just fished uh every tournament as another tournament you know do you think that makes it easier not to have that you know when you look at seth and his dad and you know it's a generational love affair with bass um yeah and i would imagine you know, going down the wire, that's what built that that feeling of Seth wanting to puke that last morning. That's why. But not having that can also be an advantage, I would imagine. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I think it goes both ways. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I think if I was in his situation, I think I would have still probably puked, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, I can't say I had to puke, but he, like, nerves would have been rattled in that situation. And, uh, but, yeah, I just think I've done that with a lot of tournaments. I used to get nervous about tournaments. Like, I used to get nervous about going and fishing a BFL, but I kind of trained myself not to hype up the tournaments because I noticed I would, I'd spin out. And, like, as crazy as it sounds, I try not to get emotional at all in the water. That way, that way I just, um, you know, fish consistent no spinning out i can control the controllables 
you you don't get emotional, but I heard a rumor. I mean, you can confirm or deny oh, this. I haven't God. asked you. To, I heard that Seth Fighter did not cry when he won Angler of the Year, but one of his roommates did. Confirm or deny? Yeah, we'll confirm that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, On the water, Dave. We can let it out off the water. Oh yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster. You got to ride the yeah. wave. That's right. Uh, what was your coolest moment looking back on this year? What, were there any moments where you – actually, let's not talk about that. You brought something up a minute ago. You brought up other anglers fighting. Uh, people like to hear – did you have any bad moments this year? Did you have any fisticuffs on the water or anything? Uh, yeah, there's some people out there. Oh my really God. I thought you were going to tell me to shut up like all the other anglers do. Stop, I'll, keep, I'll stop talking. Go ahead. No, there's a couple that really pissed me off and, uh, like – I don't know if it's necessarily like Austin Felix pissed me off once, actually twice. Had a little run in on the water practicing, no big deal. But I'll tell you what did what what really got me at Gunnersville is I back my boat up to put the boat in, uh -huh. and he backs up, dumps his boat, you know, just pushes her off, gonna get a ride cut, fires out of the boat ramp, gets my feet all wet. I that just I was like, come on, dude. Come on. I mean, I'm standing right here. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. Trying to think, what, who else pissed me off this year? That one's sticking out like a sore thumb. But, uh, yeah, I get along with most everybody, though, you know. Like, a lot of the guys are cool, and, uh, yeah, I get along with most of them. So not too, not really too many instances. It's just some petty. Like I know it seems petty as shit, but wet know, feet, but wet yeah. feet will upset a person. I, uh, I mean, I get it. Well, I didn't help that little. I like I talked to him about the day, like uh, the other thing that happened out on the water. We talked about it at the ramp and everything was cool. And then like this is the next day after that, so it was just like <laughs> fire on, you know, gas on the fire. So he, he's. He, I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but Newman to Jerry Seinfeld, he's your Newman, dude. I mean, yeah. just, he's just always going to be there. I know. Austin. <laughs> yeah. Sleepy assassin. Don't sleep on that, dude. Um, this, uh, this gig, was this always a certain in your head? I mean, I know you worked hard to get here, but yeah, it, was it always just in your head that somehow this is going to work out and I'm going to do this? <clears throat> Um, yeah, it's something I always wanted to give it a shot at. Um, I got to tell you, like, I was, I was working locally here at Kentucky Lake, and, and kind of some things just fell in right, you know. Um, I was working here. I was, dude, I was like, I don't want, I'm not taking my own horn, but I was winning about what all you could win on locally. I was making good money fishing locally, you know, between working as a machinist and fishing locally, I mean, I was I was knocking it down, and dude, the fishing kind of went south here. The tournament started leaving, wasn't no money to fish for, and I always wanted to give it a go, try to fish the elite series. So I thought, man, if I'm gonna try this, if I'm gonna try it, it's like the age is my age was right, you know. I was in my mid lower mid like middle age, thirty to thirty five. <laughs> And uh, I was like, we're going to try this. Now's the time. You know, everything's perfect timing. So 
we gave it a go, fished two years on the open, on the opens, and uh, fished the Bass Nation as well. Went to a national championship and the Team Trail Championship. And yeah, man, a couple years. And there I'm telling you, it's crazy how li- how fast life can change, you know? What's What's the big goal for you? I mean, obviously, everybody wants to win everything they can win, but but is there, is it the classic? Is it elite? Is it angler of the year? Or is it all of that? It's all of it. I want I want the blue trophies. Like I want a line of them up there. I want to have to build another mantle to you know stack the blue trophies up. I fish for the wood, man. I mean, like the money I comes. I fish in the- for the wood. <laughs> yeah. I like the paychecks, but I fish for the wood, man. I got all the trophies. I like the trophies, dude. Whenever I'm 65, I can sit there and look at all them trophies and think how I kicked everybody's ass. And, uh, you know, if you ain't fishing for the wood, you need a little different motivation. Dude, you need to make a new hat. I know you invented on him, and that's your whole deal, but you need to uh, fish for the wood. I mean... uh, if not, I'm, you know how many times I'm going to say that on stage, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Now a man who fishes for the wood, and ladies, you're welcome. <laughs> Dude, I love how I love how much of a role. I love your confidence, but how much in a role does that play in the water? Because I think it's 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 one of the most overlooked. You know, people talk about confidence, and it's just kind of they think it's something just sport writers write about, but confidence is. Yeah. Everything at the elites, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is 100%, dude. I mean, uh, confidence gets you through the rough days. And, like, truth be told, like, there's a lot of guys, like, fighter is super humble. And I like trash talking some. And there's a lot of humbleness out there. But if the confidence, if the confidence truly came out of a lot of the, a lot of these people and about how they felt in their ability, mm-hmm. there'd be some mad mouth running out there, buddy. Like they would be running that gum, you know, chirping each other hard. If, if the confidence was to really shine and how much everybody believed in herself at this level. What, why do they hide it in fishing? You know, in other sports, they don't. But in fishing, um, it's it's almost like the better the fishing is, the least confident you got to act. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, – I think they're scared. To, I think it's superstition that if you talk some, talk some shit that you're not going <laughs> to do good. But uh, I talked shit to Chris and Corey all year about going up north. I told them I was going to beat the shit out of them up north. <laughs> Champlain in the St. Lawrence. I told him, I said, y'all boys get ready. I said, because y'all are fishing second, finishing second and third on the St. Lawrence. And like, dude, I ain't even kidding you. Like, it got so serious of trash talking at the house that I even, you can ask Chris about this, to make sure, but I'm almost certain he turned down a thousand dollar bat heads up. <laughs> it was some serious crap being talked. And, uh, yeah, he was like, he's like, you better be happy I let you go on that one. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Publicly, everybody kind of sandbags a little bit. But I will say backstage, like amongst, and especially it's amongst people who are pretty tight, you know, the friend groups. 
You yeah. dudes are relentless. Like some of the most competitive people, but relentless. Like when Corey got beat by Takumi, I'm watching him kick stones up the road and he leaves and LeWayan finishes and we're backstage and Lee Livis, he comes like around the corner, like, where's Corey? He says to me, and I'm like, I think he left, dude. He just kicked stones up the road. He's like, I oh, know I got to find him. And I'm like, why? What's up? He's like, I'm pretty sure I just passed him an angler of the year points and I wanted to let him know. And I'm like, dude, he, he just lost the tournament. But that's, I guess, I mean, you guys are a true group of hardcore competitive people. Um, have you always oh, yeah. been like that with everything? Yeah, most everything. You know, you always like, I think that's uh nature of competing at this level is, you know, everything else you do, you try to be the best at. And it just, you know, turns over and, uh, you know, fishing as well as anything else. And uh, I would have loved to have been there to see Lee tell Corey that. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe he was. I was like, wow. I mean, the dude just got shattered by Takumi catching a giant bag and you're chasing him down. But but that being said, dude, Corey's done that to everyone. Like, I mean, every time you kind of feel bad for some of the stuff that's happened for me. Mean, number one, his career is going phenomenal. And he, but yeah. with the exception of a handful of people, and one of them's his brother, um, they would switch with him in a heartbeat. But dude, he's done that to everybody in Canada from day one. Like this is not new. This is literally, I mean, he was half the age of people and whooping them, you know? So it's, it's, it's amazing to see their dominance. Do you, do you remember another, they don't necessarily have to be brothers, but, like two guys who work together that were that dominant on a body of water, like St. Lawrence river. It's, it's ridiculous. Now they like, they finish one and two in every individual tournament, just about. And they went almost everything in up there on the St. Lawrence, as well as a lot of them other lakes up there. I mean, dude, we were down South. I can't remember if we was at Gunnersville or where we sat down South. They drove all the way <laughs> to Sturgeon Bay. Yeah. Like with a day, with a day or two of practice and fish the Sturgeon Bay open, go up there to people's backyard where they're not even from. Yeah. And eat crap out of everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then turned around and drove right back. Yeah. Drive right back. I mean, they're animals. animals. They are. They are. Is is that the relentlessness? Is that the thing that nobody thinks about? I think like, and what I mean by that is, on the Elite Series, it's easy to, like, you know, you go to the Classic, you go to an event, you're like, man, I want to do this. But it's the repetitiveness of our season and the, like, every tournament's an emotional roller coaster for everybody. But it's like, with them being one event and then one week off and one event, like this past year, I found it, it even more draining. Is, is that relentlessness one of the things that nobody thinks about? That's exactly right, you know. Uh, being real, being relentless is what got everybody through the season next year. Like, it's crazy, you know. Every other week, you're gone. You come home, you get home, and by the time you know, you get that drive home, you get here, you get everything out of the truck, and wash your clothes, hang out for a day. You get two days, and then you got to start prepping, rigging getting the truck loaded up with different stuff to go to the, go to the next one, man. It was, uh, I got to tell you, this was the most testing year I ever had as far as, you know, that goes. It was, it was tiresome. I need I to saw, lose some weight. That was, that was my next question. I saw a video of you 
trying to run a little while ago. Is that is that off season? Are you going to be doing some calisthenics or something? Yeah, so top man Corey got a bet on who loses the most weight coming in the next season. Oh, like, well, the off seasons are not kind to him. That, yeah, like Corey's. I I swear I think I can run farther than Corey right now. I'm pretty sure he said he ran a mile about died. I can at least still <laughs> run two miles. And uh, <laughs> I let, but yeah, man. Uh, I tried to run. I, I was running for a I ran for a week or so, and then me and Fighter went to Oahe for a few days, and didn't run any out there. And then I get back and I'm working, and yeah, just kind of yeah. You got to be more relentless and with I, your running. I mean, like I've been eating the shit out of some blizzards and stuff, and <laughs> like I love the Oreo blizzards, and like I even got this uh, animal cookie blizzard. That's pretty good. Frosted animal cookies with extra animal cookies. Oh, you go double topping. Oh, no, then frosted animal cookies. Jeez. <laughs> I've never I had the frosted animal cookies. I just thought, I just imagined eating one. Wow. Wow. Is that your favorite food on the road, DQ? Ice cream in general. Just ice cream in general? Yeah. I mean, is that well, its own food group? It's its own food group. I'm telling you, like, I could eat ice cream every day. Like, I told, I told, I told the boys I could eat 60 ice cream sandwiches, and that might have been a stretch. But I know I ate 28 ice cream sandwiches one time. <laughs> That's a fact. 28 ice cream sandwiches. Huh? 28. That's a fact, bud. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Okay, give me some spit me some facts about what this proper Bassin man is. What the hell is the proper uh, Bassin man and how did this come about other than Pat Renwick beating you guys into submission? Yeah, he beat us pretty hard, I gotta tell you. Now we uh, we uh, we get together, uh me, me, Seth and Pat get together and have a good time and, and stuff always happens along the way. And uh and yeah, so we thought we'd go hang out at each of our place for uh, two or three days and have a boy film everything and then slam it all together into like a documentary style. And dude, we put a little video out. It's only eight minutes long. It's a little short. And I got to say a lot of people liked it. Like truth be told, like I, I was a little, I, I didn't think it was much great, but, uh, but I will tell you, I got the long clip. Oh, Eric, our camera guy, I think he knocked it out of the park. It's about four, 30, 40 minutes long. And I think everybody's going to really like it. He really did a good job. When does the world get to see it? September 18th. September 18th. Yeah. Wow. Here in, uh, well, that ain't too far away, really. I don't even no. know what today is. Are you what guys at, I think it's September 1st, I think. Uh, well, yeah, uh, in, man. Yeah. What? What? Uh, what? What? Is there a? I mean, is there an event planned for the release, or is it all online virtual? It's going to be all online virtual. It'll be on the Facebook page, Instagram page. We're kind of, kind of anti YouTube, so <laughs> I don't know anti, why. Anti YouTube. Yeah, kind of anti YouTube. Uh, I don't know. We uh, 
we may sling it on the old boob tube and see what happens, but trying to keep it off the YouTube doing something a little different, but it'll probably end up on there. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Dude, you, uh, you're a remarkable individual. It's real easy to look at a guy like you and, and listen to the way you talk and some of the jokes you make and, and take you for granted. But, man, you deliver on the water. And, and, and the time that you've been around, some of the stuff that you've done, the on them hats, everything, you're a branding machine. Um, do you realize that or does this just come naturally to you? No, man, like, I think a lot of people, like, you can't, just dream this stuff up. Just stuff like that just kind of happens, you know? It, like the autumn hat just kind of happened. And yeah, just like all the stuff, just like you're never trying to brainstorm to come up with a good idea whenever you really come up with it, you know? Yeah. Just if that makes sense at all. Fishing for wood. Yeah, you got to fish for the, if you fish for the wood, everything else takes care of itself. <laughs> I hear you in, in in so many so many metaphors in life fishing for wood. Yeah. Matt Robertson, thank you very much. You are awesome. We're starting to lose signal at the double wide, so uh, go go fix the antennas. All right, buddy. I appreciate you having me, Dave. The amazing Matt Robertson, truly an original and man. Don't think he's a marketing gimmick. That dude can straight up catch him. I think he's going to be around for a long, long time to come. Speaking of a long time, this has been our 21st episode. So thank you for sticking with us. And hopefully we're back next week. But before we go anywhere, a very special thoughts and prayers have to go out to all the folks in Louisiana and everybody affected by the devastating storms. And if there's any way you can help, please reach out and help because these are truly some of the most giving, loving people on the planet. Every time I'm in Louisiana, I leave with a new group of friends and that group of friends needs help from you. So thoughts and prayers go out to them and support them in whatever way you can, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?